Welcome to the Colgate Raider Report podcast, a new podcast set for you this week, and it's a volleyball podcast as well as hockey. We'll have that later on in the show, but now we welcome in a very happy and victorious Colgate volleyball coach, Ryan Baker, longtime coach of the program. Glad you're with us, coach. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. No problem, of course, and you've been in Hamilton for a very long and prosperous run but this season's iteration of Colgate Volleyball, they're just a different breed the way they played for you this year, finishing with a 15-1 and record in the Patriot League. And it just seems like in so many matches, Coach, uh, it's over for the opponent before we even get going. What do you think has been the deciding factor that allowed your team to be crowned champions? I will say I think we ha- our uh, recruiting has continuously gotten better. I think there's a lot of talent in the gym. Um, so our talent level is really high. This group has a very unique ability to just compete at one of the highest levels. This team loves to compete. So I think we we have talent, we compete, and I think for people that have watched us play, the cohesion and the support that they provide one another, I mean, that's been off the charts, right? I, I think they're really connected, they really care for each other, and they play for each other. So those three things, that combination of those three is very unique, I think, and it allows you to have a season like this. This championship, the sixth in the long history of Colgate University women's volleyball, and the first one for you and for the program since 2013. In many matches, the way you guys play and the way you attack, you really throttle the opposition. You haven't sacrificed leads much this year, and we saw that in the Bucknell match over the weekend. But you don't allow teams to have any breathing room to make a comeback in the match what makes you the most proudest as a head coach, the way your team performed over the weekend and the way they've done it all season long? In general, it's just our fight. What's scary about teams when, you, when, when you're the other coach and you're watching it, that you can have a significant lead on a team and they come back. And that's sort of been the story of our career uh, this season. You know, I mean, I think there's been times where we've been down anywhere between five and nine points and they just keep grinding away. So the thing with this group is you can never count them out. If they're down, that's actually sometimes even scarier for the opponent because they just keep fighting. That's a great sign of leadership on the team and just sort of the spirit that is this group. Coach, I wanted to wish you congratulations, not only for the team laurels this year, but congratulations to you, Coach, winning Patriot League Coach of the Year. You're now a three-time honoree winning that prestigious honor. What goes on behind the scenes, Colgate fans, to get a glimpse to not only win the battle in terms of the X's and O's and the matchups, motivating your team to keep fighting forward through a season like this? No sleep, <laughs> lots of coffee, and just being surrounded by great assistants. I think any head coach that's good, it's because they have great assistants and great players, right? I, I'm very fortunate to have both. And then last, the last most important piece is you have to have an administration that supports your goals. And I, I've been very fortunate to be at Colgate where I've had a lot of administrators and a lot of different people, but at the end of the day, I feel very supported and that they are all wanting us to succeed. I'm, I'm a very small piece of the puzzle. I hate coaching a year awards because there's a lot more that goes into it than me. I'm honored. I, I'm also realistic. Of, there's a lot of people involved. I like that coaching humility. Coach Baker reminding us, though, that every coach fueled by coffee, and food, and a lot of sleep, and great assistance. So I like that answer very much. Yeah. Uh, talking to Ryan Baker of the Colgate women's volleyball team here this week on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. And when you look back to the beginning of the season, Coach, how did the team 
the complexion, the execution, how did all that change from the beginning to where now you can say you're conference champion? You know, I think we've built a schedule that you hope in theory when you're putting a schedule together, which I think is one of the most important pieces of my job, that it gets the players to peak at the right time, right? And I'm a firm believer in scheduling very challenging non-conference in hopes that it actually gets them to see better volleyball and sort of raise their expectations of themselves and get them to a place where they're playing. They feel like the league is not the hardest thing they've seen all season. And this team has, has peaked at the right time where we are playing probably some of our best volleyball in the last probably three weeks. When we're winning 3-0 a lot, that's a great sign, I think, at this point. The last and most important piece for all teams is you have to be healthy. If you're not healthy, the season's over no matter what you're doing. So I think we're our trainer, Byron, has done an unbelievable job of keeping us healthy and keeping the players going at it every day. Not that you want to single out any player, but when you've had individual efforts like you've had for a championship season, they deserve to have mentioned Julie Karowski. 1,098 blocks this year. She led the Patriot League in assist percentage, 10.3%. Why is having a so-called quarterback like her on the floor and directing traffic so critical to success? She's honestly, at the end of the day, she's the most important piece. I always say one bad hitter can't lose you a match. One bad setter will lose you the match. They're just making incredibly tough decisions last second when the ball's on their way into their hands. They're in charge of deciding offensive sets. They're in charge of the the feel on the floor. I mean, I'm very tough on Julia because she makes or breaks our program. And as a sophomore, she's done an unbelievable job. The scary part is she's a sophomore. And watching her evolve and her work ethic is off the charts. Her desire to win is off the charts. I mean, we've hit a home run with that kid. And for her and this group, I hope they can, you know, finish the job this weekend because it isn't for lack of effort, it isn't for lack of wanting. Really lucky to have a kid like Julia running the show. Well, you mentioned the importance of a coach getting enough sleep, having a player like her uh, allow you to sleep very soundly being in Hamilton with her being there for the next two years. The only loss in Patriot League play happened to the same team that also handed you your only loss, American, the team that you shared the championship with. And you beat them this year for the first time since 2012. That was a long time coming. When you kind of rewind to the match with American earlier in the year, what stands out for you in those matches and what can you pick from that if by chance you do see them down the road here upcoming in the conference tournament? You know, I said to the team, you know, I mean, that early season loss for American was their wake-up call. I mean, they're, they're a very well-coached team. They have a lot of international players that have been playing the game for a long time at probably the highest level you can. I think they've had better training than a lot of the kids in the state because they go to sports school. So they're just mature competitors. So they are a, a load to play. You know, so they woke up after that loss here. I mean, I don't think they were at their best. They weren't playing like they are now. You know, I think coaching an undefeated team up to that point is a challenge because you don't rock the boat. And I never thought we were playing that well, to be honest with you. And so it was unfortunate for the team that they lost in three because if they hadn't, they would have hosted. You know, I think that's what came out of it. But I think what the positive came for us is we got better after that American loss. Because honestly, I didn't think our team didn't want to be complacent, but I think it's human nature. When you're that, when you're undefeated, whether you want to or not, you just think, man, we must be better than maybe we even think we are. From a coaching perspective, I was happy they took a loss. Um, I guess I didn't want it to be American because then we could still host. <laughs> so Colgate goes on the road this weekend in the Patriot League 
conference tournament. Your opponent yet to be decided. I believe you play the winner of the number three and number five seed. So, but the specter of American is there for sure. Lots to look forward to in that match. And what do you look forward to? What are you looking to see from your team as they face off against all these familiar opponents in the conference tournament? I want them not to lose everything that they've been doing. I mean, I don't think we have to be anything different than we've been. And that'll be the challenge. I think players get in playoff scenarios and they think, well, I have to be better or I have to try this. And they start pressing. I want the team to stay committed, relax, enjoy the moment, and just go for it. I mean, at this point, when you're 15-1 and one and you're a two-seed, I mean, what else? That's incredible. I just want them to stick to the game plan, execute like they've been all season. We don't have to be any different than we've been all year. Can we do it? And that, that's the test and the challenge. And I, and I truly believe in this group that they will. That's the question on the minds of all the Colgate faithful as we talk to volleyball coach Ryan Baker here on the Colgate Report podcast as he readies his team to play on the campus of American this upcoming weekend in the Patriot League Conference Tournament. Coach, thank you so much for joining the podcast, and good luck bring home another championship this weekend. Thank you very much. Welcome back to the Colgate Raider Report podcast. We're talking volleyball this week on the podcast. Jeffrey Childs with you here, and we're joined now by Colgate Volleyball junior outside hitter Allie Lau. Allie, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate you joining us this week. After the defeat of Bucknell, which secured the Patriot League Conference Championship for you guys just last weekend, still probably basking in the glow of that championship. What was it like, Allie, for you, who started out your career in Hamilton winning Rookie of the Year and all kind of the individual accolades, but to now see that regular season championship come to fruition? It's incredible. I love it. It's been a great career here, honestly, and some individual accolades, but I don't, there's not really individual awards in volleyball because I can't do anything without my team. So it's incredible to bring back a championship with the entire team and, and to get some recognition and the support from Colgate has been great. It's just been a great experience. We're talking to junior outside hitter Allie Lau, who recently won Patriot League Player of the Year, leading her team to the 2019 Patriot League Championship, the first for Colgate since 2013. Allie, what did you see kind of as you moved through the year that really showed you that this team was both talented and that they had the execution to pull off this co-championship? I think it was just a combination of chemistry and commitment. We've been working hard since January, and the chemistry on the court and off the court, it's fantastic. There's so much trust. It helps us play better together. And every challenge that Ryan has given us, Gal, every change, we've been able to execute perfectly, and it's really been exciting. We've been able to work at such a high level especially working with Bill Moore, the sports psychologist. We've been able to implement some things that teams normally aren't advanced enough to work on. So we've been working on holding each other accountable in a productive way, and it's really helped us just reach that next level, which has been awesome to see. Now, what is that like? I mean, most people out there listening to the podcast might not know what a sports psychologist is or what they do. Do they have seminars that they teach or do they work with you guys individually? How does that work? Yeah, so they kind of do a combination of things. I wasn't really familiar with a sports psychologist or two before this year either, but he's had a bunch of meetings with the team as a whole, working on mindset, focus, combination of things to work on when we're playing. And he also 
meets with players individually, kind of make sure that we're able to function at the highest level on the court and play to the best of our abilities because for everybody that looks different and he's able to like help us each individually, which has been great. We're talking again to Colgate outside hitter Allie Lau, the Kennett Square, Pennsylvania native. And Allie, we'll get into kind of your backstory, how you found your way to Hamilton later. But as I mentioned, and I know you're a very humble player, you don't want to talk about individual accolades, but I do have to mention it. (laughs) Rookie of the Year in 2017, fast forward to 2019, Patriot League Player of the Year. How did you focus in on what you needed to do to improve your skills and find that trajectory that took you from a Rookie of the Year title two years ago now to Patriot League Player of the Year? I think for me, my sophomore year was a big learning year. I was coming off of a pretty successful freshman year, and I I think I kind of came in with a mindset of like, oh, I've got it figured out, which is just simply not the case. So that year I learned a lot, and I was able to just continue to grow as a player and a person and a leader, and I think that just helped me keep that growth mindset and just – keeps getting better, which is huge. Also, the support from my team has been incredible. I couldn't do anything without them. They're they're great. They're my best friends. It's been a great experience. That's great to hear. College is such a great time to foster those friendships. And now for you guys to do it as an athlete on the court is an even more astounding experience, I'm sure. I had a lot of friends in college myself that were athletes, and you guys have a bond that is like no other. I wanted to look back in time, and I mentioned that you're from the Keystone State. How did you come from Pennsylvania all the way to Central New York to Colgate? What was the recruiting experience like? I didn't hear about Colgate, actually, until right before my junior year, so pretty late in my sophomore year of high school. One of my brother's friends was coming here to play soccer, so I had heard of the school, but I had never really looked into actually coming here. The recruiters, the assistant coach at the time, actually came to watch my club team because they were looking at somebody else on my team, uh, which is kind of funny. And then he gave the coach card and said to give it to me, and then I came up and visited, and I loved it. fell in love with the school, the coaching staff, the team, the team's chemistry. It was all so appealing to me, and I have just loved it, the family vibe here, the the was in a beautiful area. It was just seemed like the perfect fit, so, and I have not been disappointed at all. That's fantastic. I mean, we always hear about kind of the winding road of recruiting, but very humorous anecdote that like they were there to look at another player, and then yeah. by happenstance, they discovered you. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. Volleyball players, they spend a lot of time on the court, maybe more so than a lot of other sports where you're playing in season, you're playing out of season, you're playing a huge number of camps. What was your growth like as a volleyball player? When did you start playing? And when did you kind of think that, hey, I might be able to play this collegiately on a scholarship? I started playing pretty late. A lot of people in our area play like CYO volleyball and they start when they're like 12. I didn't start until after 7th grade, uh, maybe 8th grade, and I was just doing it because my mom forced me to play a sport in the fall. She was like, you have to play a sport. You can either run cross-country or play volleyball, and I do not like to run, so volleyball it is. And I honestly had no idea. I was also playing lacrosse at the time. I loved it. I didn't know which one I would be better at, and then my club coaches started talking. I got bumped up to a higher club team, and they were like, you have the potential to play in college if that's something that you want to do. And so I don't think I really realized that until my sophomore year of high school when colleges started like reaching out to me. And so that was, it was really exciting. It was The recruiting process is just a crazy experience. It's so cool. Like, nonetheless, going and talking to all those schools, it really like 
it makes you develop as a human being because you have to figure out kind of what you want <laughs> at a young age and you have to have these adult conversations but it's a really unique experience and it was it was pretty awesome and now you can say you're the patriot league player of the year you helped lead colgate <laughs> to a conference championship so maybe all of that and all the craziness of the recruiting process kind of worked out for you oh uh, for sure yes <laughs> It's been awesome. Allie, this season, over a 1,000 kills on the campaign. You averaged four kills per set. That was second in the league. Also, more than two digs per set on average. That kind of stat is extraordinary outside here because mainly you're playing on the exterior, on the perimeter of the court. But to get to two digs a set is a remarkable stat. What kind of condition do you have to be in as an outside hitter to be able to cover a range of the court like that? You have to be in pretty good pretty good physical condition you're on the court for all six rotations so you don't get much of a break cover a lot of ground so that's something that I've knew and I have wanted to work towards I was a three rotation player for my first two years but this summer I really made my focus to get in the best shape that I could be my team had a whole program where it was a competition actually we were paired up we were all competing against each other to see who could work out the most we had like a whole point system and everything so the team came back in phenomenal shape everybody was ready to go and I think that's had such an impact because we didn't have to focus for the first couple of weeks of preseason on conditioning and getting back into shape we were able to just jump in and go and so that's helped us withstand the whole season and with minor injuries and everything. It's been, yeah, it's been great. So it's hard work, but it's totally worth it. Broadcasters, we like to tell the human story. We like to go a little bit deeper than usual. And that's where I'm going to go with this next question. Outside of volleyball, what is fact, an anecdote, anything like this that Colgate fans or anyone really would find surprising about you outside of volleyball? Oh, surprising about me outside of volleyball. I have played the piano since I was four years old. That's something that I really love to do. And when I find the time, it's it's an awesome thing to kind of take my mind off of volleyball in school to just go find a piano and just, just play some songs. I've loved it. It's been a big part of my, my life for well, most of my life, yeah. So that's a, that's a pretty interesting fact, I would say. Yeah, very, very peaceful. Student athlete, you have a lot going on. You guys will have more going on this weekend. You're at American in the Patriot League Conference Tournament. What has the preparation been like this weekend? What are you expecting for this weekend? We've been uh, focusing on our game a lot. We At this point, we have the mindset of we're going to focus, make our game the best we can, the strongest that we can. And it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the court at the end of the day. If we play our best, we're going to win. And so I think that we're all excited. We're all building our confidence. We're ready to go, just making some minor changes, just minor tweaks. And we're all excited. We were all watching the quarterfinal games last night. So Army ended up winning against Loyola. So I think that's who we're going to play in the semifinals. Thank you so much for joining us, Allie. Junior outside hitter on the Colgate volleyball team, Allie Lau, joining us on the podcast this week. Coming up, we'll talk to Coach Don Vaughn of the hockey team, as well as Bobby McMahon. You're listening to the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Welcome back to the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Jeffrey Childs, I'm your host for this week's edition of the podcast. And we just finished our volleyball portion of the podcast. Now we move on to Colgate men's ice hockey. And for the second time this year on the podcast, we have Colgate ice hockey men's head coach, Don Vaughn. Don, welcome back. Jeff, 
Great to be with you. Thanks. Well, and as we have you on the podcast again, that gives us time to talk about what happened last weekend on the road at St. Lawrence and Clarkson as well. It was a split on the weekend, but certainly the defeat of St. Lawrence on Friday night carried a little bit more luster, a 4-1 to win in that game. How would you rate that effort in the context of everything else that you've seen this year? I mean, it's never easy on the road, and I, I really liked the way we played. We competed really hard. Even though we weren't in Appleton Arena, it's still a pretty hostile environment. We played across town because their building's under renovation. You know, so I was I was pleased with the effort. It's hard to win in this league, especially on the road. Thought we played a great game five on five. Bobby McMahon kind of broke out, finally got a couple of goals for us. It was a solid effort all the way through, and uh, I was happy with uh, the outcome, obviously. Game on Saturday was a quite a different game at Clarkson. You guys actually go up one to nothing, and that was Jared Cockrell's first goal of the season, so a long time coming from him. Then that game kind of devolved into a penalty-filled game, gummed down a little bit, took more than your fair share of penalties in that game, something I know any coach not want to see, but what's the message this week about discipline and about cleaning that up going into a pivotal series against Princeton and Quinnipiac? For sure. I mean, and both of these teams we're playing you know, this weekend, you know, have great special teams, power plays. So we, yeah, we, we, it's a lesson that, that we need to figure out and we need to figure it out quickly. I mean, put a team like Clarkson, arguably the best team we've seen this year, you know, on the special team, on the power play as much as we did. And, and that's what the consequence is going to be. So I was really disappointed in that. I thought we played them even five on five. I was really pleased with our five on five play in that game. But you know we give up a, we give up a shorty, which is never good, and then we give up three power play goals. Can't do that, and, and it, it takes the flow out of the game. You have to shorten your bench. It's really the first time this year where we found ourselves in that situation, taking a couple of untimely penalties, but never have we taken that many in volume. It's a hard lesson, but better now than later, and I'm sure that'll be all cleaned up for this weekend. Men's Ice Hockey Head Coach Don Vaughn is our guest this week on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. I mentioned Jared Cockrell scoring his first of the season, and it's one to nothing at that point, and the penalties were certainly a part of it. But it seemed like the neutral zone play and the forechecking was a little bit different. What do you think changed in the mentality after you go up one to nothing? I think it was just the penalties, really, Jeff. We, we didn't change. We didn't change our approach at all. I mean, give them momentum on the power play. They scored on the very first power play, which set you back on your heels. And then they get a shorty. Continued to come at them. I thought we were pretty good after they made it two to one. Clearly, the third power play goal, we had a major breakdown on our penalty kill. A couple of guys ran into each other. and Really hard to contain their best player in, in, in Dunn. I mean, he's the best free agent prospect that we've seen this year. And, you know, you give a guy like that time and space, he's going to kill you. And that's exactly what he did. So we didn't change much. I mean, in terms of our structure, I thought our 5-on-5 five five was good. It was really the penalties that broke the the flow of that game. Colgate captain Bobby McMahon scores not just one goal on Friday night, but a second goal and the empty netter to seal the win against St. Lawrence. What did you see on that goal on Friday night where he really just out-hustled the defender? Well, that's what Bobby can do. I mean, that was that was vintage Bob McMahon. I mean, he came from probably 20 feet behind that defenseman and beat him up the ice on a loose puck. And goal scorers do. They see that yawning open net and uh, they're going to get after it. And Bobby certainly did that. But that's explosive Bobby McMahon is when he decides to, to put the afterburners on no one's touching him and uh, he did that I was happy for him you know to get the second goal and as you said seal the win for us he's been snake bitten this year I think he's got five goal posts on the season already for him to get a couple hopefully that's going to break things open for him and he can continue to produce for us offensively iron unkind for sure but made up for it in a major way and he had two breakaways early in the game but 
He cashes in, gets those two goals, and seals the win on Friday night. A member of that top line right now plays on the left wing along with Tyler Penner and Ben Sharp. Whether it's offensive zone, defensive zone, neutral zone play, they are giving an effort on a different level than I've seen from a few combinations this year. What's your assessment of how that group is playing together? Yeah, I mean, there's some speed there, obviously. There's three guys that can really get around the rink. And, you know, I know Ben and, and, and Bobby like to play with each other. Like I think I've mentioned before, they're best friends, they're roommates. So there's a connection there and they find each other on the ice. But it's the way they skate. And you can't play the game anymore unless you can, you can skate. And those are three of our probably better skaters. But it's the work ethic that really carries the day and the way they compete. There's a lot of good skaters out there, but you have to be able to compete and battle and those three guys are doing that for us right now. This weekend, as we continue in ECAC conference play, more touted talent coming into class of 1965 arena, the Princeton Tigers and the Quinnipiac Bobcats. Let's start with Princeton, Coach. They don't score that much from the looks of things this year. However, Ryan Furland, their goaltender, 917 save percentage, and he can just slam the door when he wants to. What uh, have you seen from the scouting report on the Tigers goaltender? Yeah, you know, we've seen, we've seen him before. Um, he had a great freshman year for them. He's solid, technically very sound. He's got he's a good athlete. He competes really hard. You know, there's no weak goaltenders in the ECAC, that is for sure. And Furlan's just another one of the great goalies we have in the ECAC. So we'll have to find a way, like always, to get traffic, get pucks into the paint, you know, create some chaos and find a way to get some ugly ones. The other thing that this team has, they had a great opening weekend at St. Cloud State. Not an easy place to play. They can skate. This is a team that plays fast. They get up the ice in a hurry. They have the D join. And I think probably playing on the Olympic sheet was a real advantage for them, the way they can skate. We respect the speed of this team. We're going to have to find a way to plug things up through the middle and slow them down and find a way to get some behind a really good goalie. You're exactly right. The Tigers did beat the Huskies. That was on their first game of the season on November the 1st. And still looking for the first win since then. But hopefully you guys can turn it around, get the W Friday. And then we move on into Saturday. The Bobcats, who have emerged in the league as one of the top teams in the league perennially in the ECAC. And they're home to one of the best forwards in the league, Odin Tufto, who your goaltender Mitch Benson told me is one of the toughest forwards in the league to stop bar none but the Bobcats aren't limited to the offensive zone play this year with Petrozelli their goaltender who is at the top of almost every category goaltending in the league what's the makeup of this Quinnipiac team and where do you see kind of weaknesses to exploit there's not a whole lot of weaknesses in that lineup I think you know, they graduated three of the best defensemen in the country if they have any at all it's probably just with some young guys trying to find their way back there but they also have some of the best forwards dynamic forwards at that up front. So the team, again, you know, special teams could play a huge role in, in the outcome of the game. We'll have to be disciplined. We don't want to put that skill on the ice, power play situation. Petrozelli's a guy that was just waiting his turn. He played behind a very good goaltender last couple of years. You know, he's an NHL prospect. He's a big guy. You know, he fills the net and he competes. They're a premier team and we'll have to be at our best. We have to take care of our own business and we have to play our game, obviously. And we think that, you know, if we can get in on our forecheck and get pucks in behind their defense and make it hard on the defenseman on both both nights, then uh, that might play to our advantage. That'll be the game plan coming in. Want to shift gears here, Coach. Before we let you go, we're joined by Don Vaughn in his 27th year as Colgate head hockey coach. After this weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, you and the team are hopping on a plane. You're going over to Ireland. You're playing in the Friendship Four once more for Colgate. How did that trip come about, and how did you get everything organized so that Colgate can be a participant again? Yeah, like Vince, it's our second time. We were in the inaugural event uh, back in 2015, 
It was such a great experience, and it's so much more than just a hockey tournament. It's about bringing people together. It's about bridging gaps. It's about communities, the New England communities and, and the city of Belfast coming together. Uh, it's, a, it's just a fabulous event. The guys will get a chance to, uh, you know, to some elementary schools while we're there, both Catholic schools and Protestant schools, and those kids will be at our game. And people uh, in Belfast are just wonderful people all the way around. The Belfast Giants, uh, the pro team there, and, and all of their associates do a fabulous job of organizing the event it's just it's a wonderful experience for our guys a lot of our guys don't know the history of northern ireland so we had an opportunity to have our one of our professors meet with the guys last sunday and give them a quick history of northern ireland and belfast and the history of of that part of the world and it was very eye-opening for a lot of our guys i think that uh, they're going to get a lot out of it just more than hockey but certainly it's a great hockey event as well the building will be full the competition obviously is princeton the team we're going to know very well when we get there and then Two very good Hockey East teams in Northeast and the University of New Hampshire. So just a great event. We're looking forward to it. Challenge this week is just making sure that guys don't get too far ahead of themselves because first and foremost, we've got to take care of Princeton and Quinnipiac before we dump on that plane. Two big games this weekend. Come out to class of 1965 Arena. I'll have the broadcast each night. 7.30 starts both nights, so we're on the air at 7.20 p.m. on 94KXZ and WKXZFM.com. You can follow us there. Thanks for joining the podcast this week, and good luck this weekend. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Welcome back to the Colgate Raider Report podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Childs, and we're still the hockey portion of the podcast, and now we welcome in a very distinguished guest to the podcast, Colgate senior captain, Bobby McMahon. Bobby, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. Hey, no problem. Glad you're here. And it had to be a relief of you, of, of anyone on that roster, on Friday night at St. Lawrence to not, not only one goal, but two goals on the weekend. You score the goal to seal it on Friday night and then you're rewarded with the empty net goal. What happened on the play? Honestly, I'm not, not totally sure because uh, I had a couple breakaways earlier in the game and I was thinking a little bit more about that than anything. But I, I got the puck, I think, uh, on the left wing there. Garf made a nice pass to me uh, down the side and I think I just took a shot on that and then was hunting for the rebound and got the puck around the goal line and sometimes good things happen when you throw the puck in the net. So I was able to get a good bounce off the goalie there and it, snuck in and I was, I was pretty happy to see that one go in obviously. For sure your reaction was just one of exuberance and you had two earlier in the game and chatted with you about it after the game you were about that close an inch away from scoring earlier in the game you could have easily had four in the game but just a great individual effort by you on that third goal to outrace the defender of the puck and your coach mentioned earlier on the podcast you were about 20 feet behind the defender on that play and you made up for the space is that something that it's just natural talent where you're outracing a guy or did you know you had an angle on him for that puck? Sometimes you're just in the, the heat of the game. It, it's tough to tell. And usually you get a sense if you can, can beat a guy to the puck or not. And wanted to seal that one out to get the win there. So I was just always thinking is trying to close it out and beat that guy. Bobby, I've noticed this year you're playing on the top line with Tyler Penner and Ben Sharp. It's your play away from the puck in the neutral zone, deflecting pucks, back-checking well, really being a problem for the opposing offense. How did you develop into an elite two-way player throughout your career at Colgate? So that, that's something, you, definitely a transition coming from juniors. Sometimes you can get away with those things and not necessarily play in the game 200-foot uh, distance there. Definitely now I, I have progressed because the players here at college are so good and have to bring your best game at all times. You can't give up an inch. And playing games over my four years here helped me learn and a lot of hard lessons of how you need to play at all times. Not giving guys any inches or, or just being hard to play against will benefit you, it'll benefit your line mates, and it'll end up a lot more wins the win column. So that's that's ultimately at the end of the day what you want to accomplish is get more wins and 
and that's going to help you do so. Colgate senior captain Bobby McMahon joining us on the Colgate Ray Report podcast this week. You're playing on the top line, Ben Scharf and Tyler Penner, best friends. You're rooming with one of them. And what's your favorite thing about playing with both Scharf and Tyler Penner? Both my uh, good friends. Uh, we've spent our four years here together and have roomed uh, all four years so far and living in the same apartment. So it's been great. Talk hockey away from the rink. It's super easy. It's also super easy to bring up stuff if you think the other guy should be doing something bring up because you have that close relationship and then away from the rink or at the rink joke around with these guys and that makes it a lot more a lot more fun to play and obviously they're great players so they're easy to play with they get you the puck they work hard at hunting puck so it's been great so far bobby i may be putting you on the spot if any of them listen to this podcast but i want to ask you who's the best of the best so who's the best shooter on that line i would like to say Penner got the best shot on the line. If he can get it off, he can really zip the puck. He's usually shooting from our top shelf, but yeah, he can zip the puck pretty good. Who's the best skater on that top line? Yeah, we actually work a lot together uh, in the summer. Before it's here, we come a little bit early. We do a lot of uh, working on our skating, our edge work. They progress the game, progress a lot over these four years. Final one where I'm putting you on the spot. Who's the best passer? Penner. He's in the middle. He's a distributor. I like to pass the puck as well. Penner's good at moving it. He knows where to find you. He knows how to head man it, and he likes following up the play after he moves it to you. going to have to go with him. And you still have a large percentage of your senior year to play here at Colgate. Hopefully some postseason hockey. But if you had to single out your favorite memory, both on the ice and off the ice in Hamilton, what would they be? Ooh, that's a tough one. I would have to say... It's always great to see your friends, see the guys on the team up the hill, classroom, your team atmosphere, your team culture at the rink. But it's always great to see guys out of the rink and joke around with them up the hill and see what classes they're taking, see what interests they have. It's always been a, an interesting part. And getting to ask guys about what classes they're taking and how they're struggling or what they're enjoying. Seeing guys up the hill has always been an enjoyment for me. What is it like as a senior economics major, the kind of upper level classes that you have to take? Right now I'm in a class. I'm American economy. It's pretty interesting learning the history of uh, the U.S. basically and all the way from 1700 till the current and how it shaped the U.S. to this point. I'm writing a paper right now on the U.S. banking system and then next semester I'm excited about the sports economic seminar that I'll be taking taught by Professor Anderson and that should be interesting. I'm taking that one with Tyler Penner and John Snodgrass and the team's very interested in that and that'll be my last upper level economics class. All right, well, let me know how it goes. Good luck in the class and on the ice this weekend. We continue ECAC play and you guys are playing Princeton as well as Quinnipiac. What sort of challenges do those two teams present? Princeton's always been a strong team. They're a heavy team to play against. Uh, they, they like to move pucks quick and get up the ice quick. So as long as we're keeping guys in front of us, playing them playing them straight on, we, we should be fine. Quinnipiac's a pretty skilled team. Had good bouts with them. They've always been a good team. So I think we just bring our best game worry about us and we should be fine there's a, there's a lot of things that we've been working on in practice um, progressing we've been consistent with our habits things like that and as long as we stick with that and don't deviate during the games we should be great this weekend one more question Bobby before I let you go off the ice when you have free time when you're away from the rink what sort of hobbies do you pursue what a unique trait about you that no one else knows about Bobby McMahon recently I've developed a pretty big interest in music I'm actually taking a digital music studio class 
here at Colgate had a, I've had a lot of interest the production side of music sort of how that works not too musically inclined myself as far as when the hockey season's over in the summers I like to do a lot of golfing I'm always on the course anytime I get out of the rink or get out of the training facility I'm out on the golf course golfing with my buddies that's probably the two biggest Colgate senior captain Bobby McMahon joining us on the Colgate Raider Report podcast this week Bobby thanks so much for your time today and good luck on Friday and Saturday against the Tigers and the Bobcats thanks so much Jeff.